Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Come in. Welcome. Welcome to Mystery Theater. I am Hyman Brown. If it works, it's obsolete. So says Marshall McLuhan. Alas, he must be speaking of other endeavors than crime. For in crime, if it works, it's up to the law to find a way to stop it as quickly as possible. But the clever criminal resists detection with every means at his disposal, fair or foul. And that puts the law at a distinct disadvantage. One must rely on clues. But what if the criminal has invented a new method of crime? One in which what is obsolete is the evidence. Sheriff, what brings you out here again? There's been another murder, Professor. Another? Like the first one? Yep. But that's two murders in two days. Isn't there anything you can do? No. We've got the bodies. We have the murder weapons. We can even construct a reasonable theory why the murders were committed. But the thing is, I got a feeling none of this is going to lead us to the murderer. Our mystery drama, The Dominant Personality, was written especially for the mystery theater by Percy Granger and stars Roberta Maxwell. I'll be back shortly with Act One. Imagine a rural area in the northern United States, an area so remote, the only roads are old logging trails, an area of glacial lakes, dark forests, where the population is so sparse, every house is an isolated outpost. In the summer, the tourists come to boat and fish, but with the fall, they return to the city, and those few who remain, the natives, settle back into solitude. Such existence breeds persons of marked character, capable of coping with any situation, that is, with almost any situation. Rod? Hey, hey, Rod! Rod, you home? Oh, it's Carson back He must be... Rod, where the heck are you... Yes? Oh. oh excuse me, ma'am. I-, I was looking for Rod Talbert. My name's Olivia. Oh, I'm Murdoch Ross. I- I'm the county sheriff in these parts. I just dropped by to check on Rod's cabin since he's been gone. Would you like to come in? Well, is Rod here? He went for a walk. He'll be back soon. Oh. Thank you. I, uh... I-, I was just trying to get a fire going in the fireplace. I'm not very good at it. Well, you don't have enough kindling. And those logs, that's hardwood. 
You ought to use something like birch or popple. Thank you. I guess it'll take me a while to learn everything. I'm going to have to know. Say, uh, excuse me for asking, but uh, are you a friend of Rod's? I'm his wife. His wife? I never knew Rod was married. He wasn't. We were married yesterday. <laughs> Where? Down in the city. Well, that's something. All these years, Rod's had a girlfriend and never said a word. Of course, he's not the kind to share confidence. No, we only met two weeks ago. Two weeks? (laughs) Well, I guess it does seem a little strange, but we were attracted to each other right off. It just seemed the natural thing. There. Is the fire better now? Uh, Oh, yeah, yeah. You want me to light it? No, I want to do things for myself. I've lived all my life in the city. Everything's so safe and predictable there. (laughs) Sure is funny. What is? (laughs) Rod getting married. I don't know anyone who's more of a loner than him. You know what we call him? The Great Gatsby of the North Woods. No one knows where he's from or why he came to live up here. How long has he lived here? Let's see, nearly seven years now. (laughs) Strange fellow. But, of course, he must have told you a few things about himself. No. (laughs) I fell in love with his eyes. His eyes? (laughs) Sounds silly, I guess, but it's true. I was working as a waitress. Not much future in that. I must have seen a hundred people a day sitting at that counter. Then Rod came in. Other men had looked at me that way, but with Rod it was different. He didn't say much at first, but he kept coming back. He never stopped looking at me. Then he started telling me about this cabin and the lake and the woods. It all sounded so beautiful. I never would have figured when he disappeared like that three weeks ago, he'd gone to town to get himself a wife. (laughs) Say, you got that fire going pretty good now. Uh, Listen, I I don't want to stick around here on your your honeymoon. Uh, You tell Rod I'll be by to see him tomorrow. Is something the matter? Well... What is it? I'm afraid Rod's got a problem with some of the folks around here. Really? But we're so isolated here. There's not another house within a mile. Yeah, well, like I say, Rod's a real loner. He just don't seem to like other people. He's got a habit of running trespassers off his land at gunpoint. Rod does that? Yeah. One neighbor in particular, a fellow named Shep Taylor, kept a dog. Uh, Rod claimed he could hear the barking through the woods. He was always making threats. And then about a month ago, just before Rod disappeared, someone poisoned the dog. And it died? Yep. Anyhow, now Taylor's gone out and bought himself a new dog, and I don't want any more trouble. Maybe now that we're married, all that will change. (laughs) Yeah, maybe. (laughs) Let me pay visits to the neighbors. When there's so few people around, it's silly not to get along. Well, there's uh, Shep Taylor and a widow named Mrs. Booker. She's kind of a hermit herself. And then down the road in the other direction is uh, Leo Hertel. He's from the city, too. He he was a professor of psychology at the university uh, until he decided to drop out of society and come up here. He sounds interesting. Yeah, he's got a whole cabin full of books. (laughs) Well, it's going to be a cool evening. You ought to sleep good up here. I'll walk you to your car. It's nearly dark. I wonder where Rod is. He didn't say where he was going. He said he needed to go into the woods for a while. 
Hey, you're not afraid of being left alone, are you? Oh, no. This is an adventure. Oh! Oh! What's that? Oh, that's a loon. You'll hear them a lot up here. What a lonely sound. Now, good night, Mrs. Talbert. Good night, Sheriff. What did he want? Rod! What was Murdoch doing here? He came by to check on the cabin. You should have seen his face when I answered the door. Why was he checking the cabin? To make sure everything was all right, I guess. He seems like a very nice man. He's okay. I'm glad you're back. Where did you go? Just walking. Through the woods, down by the lake. You love it out here, don't you? Yeah. I think it's even more beautiful than you described. Look at the autumn colors. And not another house in sight. Oh, what's that? Damn. Rod, what's the matter? That sounded like it came from Taylor's place. Rod, the sheriff said Mr. Taylor had a dog that was poisoned. So I heard. He said he's bought another. But it's not so bad. You can barely hear it. Let's go inside and make some supper. And then get some sleep. Good morning. Good morning. How'd you sleep? Oh, I don't know. I feel tired. Here, spice some water in your face. Oh, oh, it's cold. Oh, I don't know why I don't feel more rested. The sheriff said the cool air here knocks one right out. Well, maybe it just takes getting used to. Hello? Oh, who's that? Leo Hertel. He's an old professor who moved up here a few months ago. Oh, yes. The sheriff told me about him. Morning, Rod. Hello, Leon. Is this your new bride? <laughs> News travels fast. Well, not really. Murdoch stopped in to see me last night on his way back to town. My name's Olivia. I am pleased to meet you. You had breakfast yet, Leon? I know. Would you like to join us? Now that I've had my morning constitutional, I'd be delighted. Oh. Uh -huh. Who's this? It looks like the sheriff again. Oh, this is becoming quite the gathering place. Getting married certainly brings changes, huh, Rod? And what could the sheriff be doing out here at this hour? He said he wanted to speak to you about Mr. Taylor and his dog. Morning, everyone. Rod, Mr. Talbert. Fisher? Morning, Murdoch. Out a bit on the early side, eh? Shep Taylor's been murdered. What? Oh, no. What happened? He was found in his bed, bludgeoned to death. Otis Thompson came up from the lumber yard to make a delivery about seven this morning. He knocked, and when there was no answer, he went on in. Oh, that's terrible. I thought he'd got himself a new watchdog. Yeah. Wasn't any good, huh? The dog is dead, too. Labrador retriever. Fully grown. Strangled. Wow. So who did it? Yeah, I don't know yet. No idea. Thought since your property lies next to his, you might have heard or seen something last night. Not me. I was sleeping like a lawn. Miss Talbert? I didn't sleep very well, but I wasn't awake. At least I didn't hear anything that I can remember. Maybe something disturbed you? I don't know. 
thing is, whoever it was didn't come up by Taylor's Road. There are no fresh tracks except from Thompson's lumber truck. And the only other way to Taylor's cabin is along the path that cuts through your property, Ron. I told you, Sheriff, I didn't hear anything. I didn't see anything. You think perhaps it was a hunter? Yeah, deer season doesn't open officially until tomorrow. It could have been a poacher. Yeah, poachers don't generally leave trails. That's the problem. I'm going back into town to file a report. You want to lift back to your place, Professor? Yes, um, uh, Talbot's asked me to stay for breakfast, but I think maybe I should just take a rain check. Suit yourself, Leo. Of course. Uh, Mrs. Talbot, I'm sorry about this. It's not a very pleasant introduction to our community. Oh, Rod, this is awful. It's happened before. What do you mean? Seems like every five years or so, someone goes berserk around here. Why? Not enough to do. Cabin fever. Doesn't it bother you that that poor man is dead? Why should it? I couldn't stand the guy. Professor Hertel? Hmm? Oh, Mrs. Talbot. Oh, what a pleasant surprise. Am I disturbing you? No, no, I was just sitting out here reading an old book, but uh, a visitor around here, that's an event. Can I talk to you? Certainly. Is uh, something the matter? The sheriff said you used to be a professor of psychology. Yes. What is it? It's about Rod. I'm worried. I'm, I'm beginning to think maybe I don't really know him at all. We got married so quickly, but he seemed like the kind of person one could trust. He's certainly a good-looking fellow. But I think I've made a mistake, Professor. A terrible, terrible mistake. It may seem out of place at this point to quote the famous American humorist George Ade. But he once observed that those who marry to escape one thing usually find something else. However dull Olivia thought the routine she was shedding when she came under the spell of Rod Talbot, she may well have stepped into a situation even less desirable. Far less desirable. In fact, deadly. Mystery Theater will return with Act Two shortly. If you were ever arrested, to whom would you make your one phone call? If you were in trouble, to whom would you turn for help? What if you were far away from friends and family, far away from anyone you knew and could trust? What if, for example, you were in a lonely rural community where everyone was a stranger to you? And the most strange of all was the person who had brought you there, the person you had married. You think you've made a mistake, Mrs. Talbot? What kind of mistake? I don't think I should have come up here. I don't think I should have married Rod. I don't know what got into me. Got into you? The very first time I saw him staring at me, his, his gaze locked into me. I felt like I had no willpower of my own. I couldn't think clearly. It was as if I was under his control. Oh, I can understand that. He's a very good-looking man. 
I often wondered why he never got married before now. No, it's more than just his looks. He has some kind of power. Oh, it sounds to me like you're talking about love. No. And if you are, I'm afraid you're talking to the wrong person. I've never been married. I was so obsessed with my experiments and researches into the mind, I realized I was working myself into an early grave. That's why you moved here? Yes, this forest primeval, as Longfellow would call it, is the furthest extreme imaginable from the bustle of university life. And now, at last, I'm free. But the murder of Mr. Taylor... I know. Shocking. Tragic. Didn't you notice yesterday when the sheriff came by and told us about it that... That Rod seemed totally unmoved by that man's death. Rod's not an easy person to get to know, and I haven't known him that long. I've only lived here a few months. But you don't think he killed Taylor, do you? I don't know what to think. All of a sudden, he seems so cold. Oh! Oh, that sound. The cry of the loon. It's so lonely. The Indians used to say the cry of the loon was like the cry of a woman lost in the woods. I'm beginning to know that feeling. Are you frightened? Yes. And tired. I slept so restlessly again last night. Doesn't that mean something? My, my subconscious telling me what a terrible mistake I've made? Mrs. Talbot, I have been observing your husband. Frankly, he fascinates me. And I think I can tell you something about him. Please. He is what we psychologists call a dominant personality. What does that mean? A law of nature demands that human beings, just like any other animal species, have a pecking order, an order of dominance. It's been clinically proven that there is a small percentage of people who have the ability to lead others, to control them. These are people to whom the rest of us just naturally defer. Why? Oh, it could be due to any number of causes. Superior will, a stronger sense of purpose, but the point is, I don't think you need to worry that Rod has cast any mysterious sort of spell over you. But do you think he killed Mr. Taylor? I mean, if they were enemies, if, if Taylor was getting on his nerves, if Rod is one of those dominant people, he wouldn't like it very much if his will was thwarted, would he? No. Has he ever told you anything at all about his past? No, he never discusses it. Why does he want such complete isolation from other people? And if he does, why did he marry me? You're not thinking of leaving, are you? What if he plans to kill me, too? I think we're jumping to conclusions. You say you're frightened. Under the circumstances, I can't blame you, but I think there's someone who's even more frightened than you. Rod? Yes. I think he senses the power he has to exercise this remarkable influence over others... And I think it terrifies him. And that's why he tries to live as far away from others as possible? And why he never speaks of his previous life? Possibly. But if he's in hiding, if he did something... The point is, he went down to the city, he found you, he married you. To me, that's the behavior of a man who wants to change, to make a new start. But then why? You do love him, don't you? I don't know. You have some feeling for him. Yes. But that poor Mr. Taylor... Mrs. Talbot, Shep Taylor's dog, a full-grown Labrador retriever, was physically strangled. Do you really think Rod could do such a thing? I... I've heard stories about 
people going crazy and, and, and doing things like that. If you were married to a psychopath, I think you'd know it. But I understand your fear. Perhaps you would feel safer back in the city. No. I'm not going to give in that quickly. Mrs. Talbot, are you all right? You and Rod aren't the only ones who had their reasons for coming here. I'd better be getting back. Maybe I should walk with you through the woods? Thanks. But if I'm going to stay, I'd better get used to walking the woods alone. You understand, of course, that I have a purely selfish interest in wanting you to stay. Thank you. Professor Hertel, does Rod like you? I hope so. Why do you ask? The sheriff said it wasn't just Mr. Taylor. Rod's never been friendly towards anyone who lives nearby. But yesterday morning, he asked you to stay for breakfast. Well, Murdoch is fond of exaggerating. It's a habit with people up here when there's not much excitement. Rod's just like anyone else. He's a fine fellow if you treat him right. Rod? Rod? I'm back. Are you here? Morning, Mrs. Talbert. Sheriff. Pardon my coming on in getting a bit chilly this time of year to wait around outside. I didn't expect you. I, I didn't see your car. Oh, it's parked down by the main road. I came up through the woods. Is Rod here? No. I was just waiting for him myself. Certainly doesn't like spending much time indoors, does he? No. You got any idea where he might be? When I awakened this morning, he was already up and gone. Uh, maybe he went hunting. Hunting? Now, the deer season opened today. Rod's real fond of stalking game. He didn't say anything to me about it last night. He just, uh, up and disappeared, huh? I guess he's still used to living alone. Yeah. yeah. I guess so. Why are you here? Because, Mrs. Talbert, there's been another murder. What? Yeah, found the body this morning. Was it... Was it someone who lived nearby? No. No, this one was a hunter from the city. Oh. Made camp down by the river on the other side of the road. Oh, but... But that land... That's the land that Rod owns. Yep. Was this man shot? No. No, he died the same way Taylor did. Bludgeoned. Obviously by a person of great strength. Now, some other hunters going upriver by boat spotted him at dawn this morning. I'm sorry. Well, I'm a mite more than that. Where is Rod, Mrs. Talbert? I don't know. I told you he wasn't here when I woke up. Where were you just now? I, um... I went to see Professor Hertel. Oh, social call? He's a very nice man. Hmm. Is there anything you care to tell me, Mrs. Talbert? About what? Two murders in two nights. Don't have to tell you how it looks, do I? No. No. Now, I know Rod doesn't like trespassers, Mrs. Talbert. Well, neither do I. But the penalty for trespassing is ordinarily not death. Do you have proof that Rod did it? No, no, nothing. Nothing concrete. There's no smoking gun, as we say. That's why I'm here. Are you a heavy sleeper? I don't know. Why? Yesterday morning, you complained you had a bad night. Yes. And how about last night? Why? I just thought you might have been kept awake by Rod's comings and goings. That's not fair. You have no proof against him. Why are you defending him, Mrs. Talbert? 
Why? That's what you're doing, you know. It's real odd, because if your husband is guilty, the one person who ought to have the most to fear is you. Hello. Ron. Where have you been all day? Out. Where? I was doing a little fishing over on the river. The river? That is a nice bass for supper. Oh, um, but I don't know how to cook it. I'll show you. Get some scallions and uh, basil from the garden while I clean it. Rod, uh, could, could we sit for a moment and have a talk? What about? About us. I mean, about why we got married. Sure. We really don't know very much about each other. We know what we see. What else is important? But what about your past? Where are you from? That doesn't matter. What made you decide to come and live up here? I don't like crowds. I don't like being dependent on others. Were you ever married before? Why? A woman likes to know things like that. Why? What difference does it make? Were you? Olivia, we'll get along fine if certain doors just remain shut. Why did you use that image? What image? About doors staying shut. What's the matter with it? It's like the story of Bluebeard and his castle with the door he tells his wife never to open. The door to the room where the bodies of all the other women he's married and murdered are. What's the matter with you? You crazy or something? If you don't like people, why did you marry me? I don't talk about feelings. Okay? How come you're so nervous anyway? If I'd known you were going to be so nervous, I never would have picked you. Rod, there was another murder last night. What? Down by the river, on your land. The sheriff was here. He wants to see you. He thinks I did it. Does he? Yes. Huh. I don't know anything about it. But I can tell you this much. I didn't do it. Now, come on. I'll show you how to cook this fish. And then we can go to sleep. Olivia. Olivia. Are you asleep? Listen to me. You've done very well. You've done everything I've wanted you to. Olivia, can you hear me? Yes. Olivia, I want you to go out again tonight. I want you to go to the professor's cabin this time, Olivia. And I want you to kill him just the way you killed the others. And then you will come back 
disappeared to bed. Do you understand? Do you understand? Farewell contentment. Farewell the quiet life. So said Desdemona when she realized she was hopelessly in love with the charismatic Othello. Olivia Talbot might well echo her words, for she too seems to have come under the spell of a powerful man. But if Rod has indeed mesmerized her in order to use her to create for himself a perfect solitude, then her plight is even more desperate than the fair Venetians. For at least Desdemona was able to enter into her marriage with her eyes wide open. Mystery Theater will return with our conclusion in a few moments. It is said that there is nothing new under the sun, but under the moon, oh, that's a different matter. The moon, Luna, was once believed to be the cause of insanity. It was said to control the dark, irrational side of man's nature. Today we know that isn't true. The only connection the moon has to the irrational forces in our story is that it is shining fitfully down on Olivia Talbot as she walks along a desolate country road. Hey! Hey! Hold it up there! Who is that? Mrs. Talbot? Mrs. Talbot? Yes? What the heck are you doing out here? I'm going to see the professor. Leo? Leo Hertel, yes. Do, do you know what time it is? It's past midnight. I was just making a final patrol before heading back to town. That's nice. Say, you, you aren't in trouble, are you? Excuse me. I must keep going. Now, no, wait. What are you doing out here in your nightgown? Aren't you cold? Thank you. No. Mrs. Talbert, are you all right? Mrs. Talbert, wake up! Wake up! Uh, what? Uh, oh, oh, Sheriff. Where am I? You're out in the middle of the road, and it's oh. one o'clock in the morning. Oh, it's cold. Here, here. Take my jacket. Oh, how did I get here? You look like you were walking in your sleep. Here, get into the car. Oh, oh uh, no, I, I don't think I should. Uh, why not? I, I, I shouldn't. Oh, come on, come on. It'll warm you up. Uh, uh, slide on over. That's it. Uh, uh, feel better? I, I feel nervous. Tell me, has this ever happened to you before? Uh, walking in your sleep? Uh, I, I don't think so. What's that thing you've got in your hand? What? Oh, uh, uh, what is it? It's a whetstone with a wooden handle kind you'd use on a large blade. Let me see. Oh, it's, it's so heavy. What was I doing with it? The question is, where did you get it? I don't know. Seems to me I recollect Rod having a whetstone like this. There's a tool shed behind our cabin, but Rod keeps it locked. You think you could have opened that lock in your sleep? No, I couldn't have done it because I don't know where he keeps the key. Mrs. Talbert... 
Why were you going to see Leo Hertel? Was I? That's what you said before I shook you awake. Why should I be going to the professor's house in the middle of the night? And with that implement in your hand. Sheriff, you don't think that I... Now that Taylor is dead, Leo is Rod's closest neighbor. But I like him. But what about Rod? Rod likes him, too. I mean, he certainly doesn't have anything against him the way he did with Taylor. You heard him the other day. He even asked him to stay for breakfast. I don't pretend to know what goes on inside that man's head, Mrs. Talbert. You don't think that Rod... But... But what... What did he do? Uh... Hypnotize me? That's not possible, is it? I don't know. I don't know what goes on these days anymore. I think you're making a mountain out of a molehill. If you're suggesting that I'm susceptible to hypnosis and that Rod has been using me to kill people. Would you like me to take you into town? Now? What for? Maybe you'd feel safer. I'm not afraid. You could stay with us, huh? Have my wife make up a bed for you. No. I want to go back to Rod. Why? I want to be with him. Look, Mrs. Talbot... I'm not afraid of him. Please take me home, Sheriff. That's where I belong. That's where I want to be. Come in. Professor? Murdoch, is that you? Yeah. Oh, uh, just a second. I'll turn on the light. Sorry to wake you up at this hour. I think there may be a new development on the murders. Oh, no. Has someone else been killed? No. But if I'm right, there almost was. Who? You. Me? I found Olivia Talbert walking along the road just now. She said she was headed here. Mrs. Talbert. Look, I need your help, Leo. If I'm the next victim, you've got it, but... Mrs. Talbot. Uh, She seemed to be in some kind of a trance. And when I snapped her out of it, she acted confused. At first I thought she might have been sleepwalking. But then I noticed she was carrying a heavy whetstone. You mean something that could have been used as a weapon? Yes. Oh, dear. This is most distressing. I never would have believed. You think she was just pretending to be sleepwalking then? No. No, I think she was in a trance, all right. She wasn't properly dressed against the cold, but didn't bother her until I woke her up. Now, what I think is, Rod has been hypnotizing her. That's a pretty fantastic proposition, Murdoch. Well, that's what I want to know. You're a professor of psychology. I was. Is that kind of thing possible? Yes, theoretically, I suppose. It would depend on the powers of the dominant person and the suggestibility of the subject. But whoever's killing these people would have to be strong as an ox. Taylor's dog was strangled. Subjects often exhibit supernormal strength while under hypnosis. If that's what Rod's been doing, it's an impressive achievement. Uh, That's a purely clinical appreciation, of course. Where's Mrs. Talbot now? She insisted I take her back to Rod's cabin. Really? Even though she realized what's happening? Yeah. I'm worried about her. On the other hand, if I'd taken her into town with me like I wanted to, I'd probably never be able to build an airtight case against Rod. How are you going to do that? Well, if you'll help me. Of course. I'm very fond of Mrs. Talbot. I don't want anything to happen that would hurt her. I'm going to go by there first thing in the morning. 
Now, I want you to appear while I'm there. If Rod thinks you're dead and then sees you, will you do that? What time? I'll get there at ten of eight. You come by at eight o'clock sharp. Olivia. Olivia. You returned much too quickly. I know. Did you do what I asked you to? I tried. Is the professor dead? No. Why not? I didn't go all the way to his cabin. You didn't listen to me. I don't want people around me. I want to be rid of all of them. Do you hear me? Yes. I want you to go out again, Olivia. Now. And this time, I don't want you to fail. Come in, Olivia. I've been expecting you. I'm here. I'm glad. I had no way of knowing how many nights it would be before Rod would send you to me. Do you know why you're here? To kill you. Very good. I can't tell you how excited I am. This is my ultimate triumph. For years, I have studied and experimented for this moment... And now, at last, it has come. Do you want me to kill you now? Oh, no, you're not going to kill me, Olivia. And do you know why? Because I am the one who really controls you. Rod is only a middleman. Do you understand? Do you realize what I have achieved? What? A month ago, I brought Rod under my power and ordered him to find someone like you. I have accomplished the ultimate feat of mind control. The absolute mastery of another human being. That makes me very happy. Anybody can hypnotize a suggestible person face to face. But to be able to invest that person with hypnotic powers of his own, to order him to find his own subject and order that subject to commit murder, I have achieved something that anyone in my profession will tell you is impossible. But I have done it. I'm the dominant personality behind all this. Do you want me to kill you? Of course not. How obedient you are. What do you want me to do? It is time to bring my experiment to a safe conclusion. I am going to give you a gun. Yes. What? do you want me to do with it? You and Rod are murderers, Olivia. You are evil people. Do you understand me? 
I want you to return to Rod's cabin. I want you to shoot Rod and then yourself. Once this is done, you will be forgiven. Thank you. I understand. I know you do. And now, Olivia, goodbye. You may go now. Hold it, Leo. What? Don't move, either of you. Murdoch. I had second thoughts about leaving Mrs. Talbert alone with Rod. So I went back, just in time to see her leaving the cabin again. And you followed her? That's right, Leo. And I heard it all. Mrs. Talbert, you can put that gun on the table now. Mrs. Talbert? Leo, tell her to put that gun down before she hurts herself. Olivia, point your gun at the sheriff. Leo! Do as I say. Yes? Leo, tell her to lower that gun. Squeeze the trigger, Olivia. Squeeze it. Yes. No! At him! Not... Nice man. Mrs. Talbert, will you give me that gun now? Are you all right? Oh. Oh, what have I done? He's dead. Do you know what happened? Yes. He told me I had to earn my forgiveness. Do you remember killing the others now? Yes. Oh, Sheriff. It's all so frightening. It's over now. It's all over. Oh. But the frightening thing isn't. The frightening thing will never be over. What's that? That I have such strength inside me. That I have such strength. I'll be back shortly with a final thought. At the final moment, Olivia Talbert turned her gun on the very man who seemed to have her under his total control. For there was one fact of human nature that Leo Hertel forgot. One fact that all his work discipline and evil power could not change. No person can will another to act indefinitely in contradiction to his nature. Our cast included Roberta Maxwell, Ralph Bell, Gordon Heath, and Charles Irving. Associate Director, Marlon Swing. This is Hyman Brown, producer-director, inviting you to return to our mystery theater for another adventure in the macabre. Until next time, then, pleasant dreams...